The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. One problem facing people at many levels of business is how to make time for a work life and a personal life. Do you find that one seems to keep getting in the way of the other? This is the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Even if you're not involved in the business world, you'll have a lot to gain by tuning in to today's show. Now, here is your host, Rick Morris. And a happy Friday to everybody. We're coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois today. Well, uh, the PMI Leadership Institute meetings going on, um, which quite frankly, your leaders uh, leading the chapters of Project Management Institute. And so uh, John Stenbeck, who is the show, and I have been hanging out here for the last few days. It's been a fantastic time because uh, I was part of the Leadership Institute master's class and, and a vendor, uh, or not vendor, but mentor to them. And uh, so we had a five-year anniversary of the graduation of the class that I was a mentor to uh, last night. So I got to see people from around the world. I went to Argentina and Venezuela and Brazil and Chile and Peru and, and just everywhere. There's literally, I think it was 56 countries that are represented from 389 chapters that, that are here uh, today. And what I thought I would do with today's show is talking about leading volunteers. So we went and found two of the elite volunteer leaders that we could find in Lori Herbertier, right? I think I got that right, Herbertier, and Roni, and we're going to be bringing them on to discuss this. And so Kevin is actually the vice chair of the Washington, D.C. chapter of is the of the PMI High chapter in Denver, Colorado, and, and just per capita, two of the largest chapters that PMI has, period. And so what I thought we would talk about today is, you know, leadership in, in business is hard enough in and of itself. When you try to lead projects, you try to lead businesses, you try to motivate people. And then you've got this wonderful volunteer program, PMI, Project Management Institute. And really what we're designed to do with the Project Management Institute is to give back to the profession. And so each chapter runs themselves as their own business, and they have their opportunity to, to do what they need to do to service the members in their community. But what we find is the large disparity between the different chapters. Every a little bit different, and I'm always interested on how you know difficult it really is to run a chapter the size of DC or PMI Mile High. So we're going to bring him onto the show. I'm going to bring Kevin on first. Um, Kevin, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great. It's a great opportunity to be here in Chicago and uh, working with uh, and, and visiting with all the various leaders of chapters uh, in the PMI family. So why don't you introduce yourself and just you know tell everybody a little bit about who you are, what you do, and then your role with uh, Washington, D.C., and we'll bring Lori on right after that. Great. Thank you. Uh, so I'm a Midwest boy uh, by nature. I, I spent most of my time in, uh, in the Midwest area, graduated college in Missouri, uh, spent time in the military, and uh, eventually found my way east uh, to Washington, D.C. Uh, currently am employed uh, uh, at uh, Departmental Homeland Security. And my role right now uh, this year is the Vice Chair, Chief Operating Officer of the Project Management Institute of Washington, D.C., and uh, in just a little over, uh, you know, 60 days, I will be uh, the CEO Chair of that chapter. And uh, so my role this year has been really the day-to-day operations of our uh, 11 uh, operational areas and delivering, uh, making sure they deliver the services and core capabilities to our members. And how many members are that chapter? Uh, right now, we, uh, of course, that goes up and down, you know, uh, almost uh, monthly. But uh, our last count was ten thousand seven hundred members. And those are all, uh, all basically people that are wanting to stay certified, stay involved, and, and learn project management. Um, and so, our duty, really, from from boards of project management institutes, is to make sure that we're servicing those and continuing their education needs. But 10,000 people, I, I'm sure you get a tremendous amount of feedback. 
we we do, um, and uh, during that process, uh, one of the uh, that that has lots of positive and negative you know uh, attributes to it. But uh, in, in our abilities, we uh, often are innovative in uh, within PMI on the number of different ways we try to you know reach that broad based uh, you know community within uh, the Washington D.C. area, and uh, so. It, it really is a lot of fun and excitement to come up with new ideas and deliver those and and be agile enough that we're able to, you know, kill programs that aren't really working and invent new programs that are uh, trending in the direction that our members really want to see. And we love that you just brought up Agile since we just released Agile Almanac Volume 2, which became a number one Amazon bestseller literally an hour. So that we, we love the fact that you're not only plugging Agile Thought, but our book, too. We knew that's what you meant, Kevin. But we're going to bring Lori on as well. Lori, you are, are the leader and in, in chapter president for the Mile High chapter. In 2008, you got the opportunity to run this global congress that everybody's coming to Chicago for. Um, but have been involved for a long time. But how about you introduce everybody to the audience and in, in let us know about who you are and also the size of your chapter. Hi, everybody. Um, I'm a Colorado girl. Been there most of my life, uh, working as in the project management profession for most of my life. I think I was born into it. And the chapter, I'm the president for two more months, then I'll be past president. Mm-hmm. But I've been on the board for about 15 years, involved with the chapter for about 30 years since I was five, you know, and loving it, loving it. Yeah, so I always say I've been uh, doing project management for 20 years, which is amazing because I'm only 22. So that's that's exactly, I know exactly exactly where you are from that. So let's dive into this a little bit because I'd, I'd love to really understand the makeups of your boards and everything else, but I'd also... I want to get in first and maybe a little sticky topic, but I, I enjoy discussing it. What makes a great volunteer leader? But we, we've all seen the people that show up that you know clearly. I mean, you can, you can see it clearly that they're there to pad the resume, that, that they want to have your board as, as a title or line item on their resume so that they can make themselves look bigger than they are within the profession. But let's talk about the people with the great hearts, the volunteer hearts. What, what makes those people in, in – what, what attracted you guys to even want to join the board yourself? And we'll, we'll let Kevin answer first. Um, I think uh, I probably came to it the same way a lot of uh, people fall into it is uh, a friend of a friend kind of situation. In fact, it happened to be the best friend of my wife who was on the board um, and knew that I was a PMP and she needed help. And, you know, where it goes from there is, is you know, seven years later, um, eight, in the eighth year of that uh, relationship, I'm going to be the CEO in that. And um, so, you know, when when I'm, we can, I'm beginning to tell those who are dedicated, passionate, and I think that's the key to it, the separation between those people. And we need all kinds of volunteers. Um, and, but I love the term you use, volunteer leaders, because that's the core of what is really important to make a chapter successful. Um, we need, lot, like I said, we need lots of volunteers to do things, but we need those core people who have that passion, um, who want to explore their abilities to lead. And specifically, I think it's so valuable if they want to learn about how to lead a business, because and a business of volunteers, which is really the harder leadership problem. It's easy to run a business where you can hire and fire people. It's a lot harder to do when you have to motivate people through non-paid incentives to get there. Make a great point. Do you, you want to touch on that, Lori? Yeah, absolutely agree. The, the leaders are the ones that you groom and mentor, and they have something deep inside them that's driving them to new heights. And it may be personal, giving back to the community or um, helping their fellow project managers. But it's, it's the internal incentive, the internal drive that keeps them. That, that's what makes them leaders, and that shines through very quickly. But as Kevin said, we all need uh, volunteers for specific tasks, specific items. But the leader steps out because... They want more. Maybe their job, their daily job is project management, 
but they never get to touch on strategic planning. The board getting up in a leadership role within a chapter exposes you to things you don't see eight to five. I think those are both fantastic points. And, and, you know, when we're talking about volunteers and volunteer leaders, and, and Kevin, I love your point, too, is, you, you know, you can hire and fire bad employees, but hiring and firing volunteers, right, and, and trying to find the great ones. And, and people forget that they are volunteers, which means you're probably ninth on the priority list. And, and we all want to change the world. We just seem to over-prioritize the reason for doing so. So I, I think it's difficult for them to It's difficult to keep them motivated and so what I love about the practice of being a volunteer leader is if you can lead a successful project and really motivate these people, really get them fired up and do something amazing, then that accomplishment, I think, is far greater than the people that were paid to do so. So um, all of this to say that we've got tons more to talk about, about volunteer And I really want to start to dive into some of the specific things that we're going to be doing with the chapters here as well. Uh, when we come right back after this break, you're listening to the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we are back. We're visiting here in Chicago, Illinois, uh, the site of the Leadership Institute meetings and soon to be Global Congress, uh, which is going to be happening with really about five, 6,000 project managers are about to descend on Chicago, Illinois. And you, you don't know really what can happen to your city when you have five or 6,000 project managers in a co-located area in one place. But it, it has some good times and some bad times. But uh, we do want to come back, because Kevin... You know, one of the things that, that happens at LIM is is that there's some great awards that get passed out, and I believe that you guys got recognized with one of those. What was that? Uh, yes, we did. We were, we were very <clears throat> fortunate to be recognized um, as the uh, 
chapter of excellence in the large chapters. Those are chapters over 1,500 members, uh, which uh, there were four uh, finalists uh, from around the world, and we were excited and overjoyed by the fact that uh, we were selected, and it's a great honor for all the members on the board and all the volunteers and everything that go on to, to do this, considering how many chapters apply for it. And we you know, just to be able to get to the BF finals is significant, and then to be the winner was just an awesome experience for us. Yeah, so you, so you got to save the speech of the whole, it's just an honor to be nominated since you won, right? It's a, we're, we're going straight to the winner's circle on that one? Yeah, you know, um, uh, the CEO, Andy Walker, was prepping his speech, and uh, and we kind of were concerned uh, by how it was playing out that we probably weren't going to win, and then all of a sudden they, they called. You know, it's one of those things, you call your name, and, and you're kind of shocked for a second, and we, you know, jump up, and, and he's trying to, you know, remember, okay, what do I got to say? And, and he goes up and, uh, you know, hits, uh, hits it out of the park with just the complimentary things uh, of the process and that. So um, we, you know, it's just an amazing thing to be able to go through the process and, and uh, be recognized for the excellence that uh, we do is providing project management to our members. And let's be clear about that, right? It's not a small award or a small token. We're talking about a, a chapter excellence award here that is voted on by leaders and by everyone else to, to look at what your chapter is doing for the profession. At, at the same time, as we were talking, Lori, earlier, you know, when you, when you have 10,000 people and you're trying to put together programs and, and you're trying to make sure that you're continuing education needs, and again, the ideas of all the things that we should be doing and shouldn't be doing and all that were things that you got to be a part of or uh, got to accomplish with the board. Well, I think, uh, you know, several things um, that are in process that we're doing um, and, and things that we have been engaged with uh, over the, the last year, you know, from our, um, you know, uh, service, good, good service activities where we do work with charities, obviously is a big hit for us and, and being able to engage together with that. Um, the multiple different events that we sponsor and engage with um, and, and our, you know, volunteer appreciation at the end of the year, um, the chat, the opportunity to mentor and develop uh, the next generation of leaders. Uh, this year we've been going through a revision of our strategic plan and actually uh, we're looking to change our board structure. Uh, and these are all very important things to take us just as PMI is talking about, you know, refocusing their selves for the next, you know, uh, potential 50 years, that's what we're trying to do for PMI WDC, which is uh, coming up on its 40th anniversary so that we make it relevant and adaptable to the needs of the project management community in Washington, D.C. And, Lori, what about you? What about some of your favorite things that uh, you've got to, part, to be a part of with your chapter? Well, there's there's the educational offerings that almost all um, chapters have. You know, we have a PM week where each night has a different function, whether it's how project project management is done in a brewery as one night. Uh, we have uh, panel discussions one night, those kind of things at PM week. The Professional Development Day uh, last year, we have them every year, but and it's the largest chapter-run PDD in the world. Next year, Kevin and uh, DC and Mile High, I think we both celebrate 40 years as chapters next year and 20 years as a PDD and for our professional development day called Symposium. All of those things are wonderful. They're great offerings. Our membership loves them. But the best part of being in all of this is the relationships because we're all doing this from our heart. We're not getting paid a salary to do this. It's all because we want to be here. And that's really what made the difference in building those relationships. I think it's a great point. And I'll give you one of my favorite lines. Somebody complains to me, 
uh, when, when we're talking about, um, you know, I volunteer and coach my son's football team. I volunteer on several different boards. And whenever somebody really wants to come and complain, it's always, well, I'll give you my check, and you can sit here and, and do a better job. That, that's fantastic. So, in fact, I will donate checks for the rest of this year to you because, right? So, because it is unpaid. But one of the other things that we always say is you always hear you know, people saying somebody ought to do this, somebody ought to do that, somebody should do this. And, and as a volunteer leader, I always, the person says, well, hello, somebody. Because if, if you have enough passion to bring that forward to us, then you should have enough passion to see it through to the end. So talk about uh, that for a second, Kevin, and just what, uh, what do you think is, is, and why is it so much harder other than, uh, we already know family, priority level, everything else. What are maybe some of your favorite things or the tougher things in motivating volunteers? Um, well, I think the, the start with the, uh, the tougher things, um, you know, communication. I mean, that's really uh, the hard part um, of this, at the pace we work, um, you know, ended up being in a very large city with a lot of, you know, competing time on people's agenda and just communicating. And, and it's hard sometimes to set that time aside to do that. Uh, and so that's the motivational part um, because I really think everybody uh, in nature wants to be that, uh, but they, they're looking for that relationship that was mentioned earlier. That's what's really drawing them in and motivating them, that, that connection, that, that family. And, um, and often at the board meetings, and this is the part that I think is the best, is I talk a lot about this is a family. And, oh, by the way, just like I come from a family of five uh, siblings, um, we didn't always get along. In fact, often didn't get along. Um, but um, we, but as the family, we knew that if there was a problem, and even to this day, we know we can count on each other, and that's the real binding process of how volunteers uh, come to us and want to be there is because we're trying to create that sense of family that there is more than just a body, but you're really the person we're interested in that's, uh, that you're there for and we want to care about you. And this is, you're doing this because it's something important to you and it's important to us. And Laurie, do you want to add to that? Absolutely agree. And it, there's also a, a concern about availability because life happens and we put a lot of effort into having redundancy in our resources so that there is not just one person that knows all of the project, all of the activity, the event, whatever it is we're working on, that there's more than one person because life happens. I think that's a valid point. Again, we're looking at people that, that said that they wanted to do something or, or be a part of something. And again, we're going to, we're going to go on to the 98% rule that 98% of them are doing it with pure heart and, and want to be there. Um, and so they, you know, you, you're trying to get them to stay motivated at the same time in, in, you know, maybe you can speak to this, Kevin, you know, you have a very, very interesting title in your real life as well, right? In, in department of Homeland security. So there's sometimes, where that work really conflicts with the values that you're trying to portray in your volunteer world. And, and how do you struggle with that from a leadership perspective? Um, uh, you know, I find that um, the lessons that I learned from my volunteer world pay a lot of power into what I do in my paid job. So I, so I talk to people who, 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 you know, talk about me, talk with me. I always say I have two full-time jobs. One's paid and one's unpaid. And um, I probably get more enjoyment out of the unpaid, but I live for the paid because that's just what we do, what we have to do. Um, but, you know, the volunteer, that, that part of it take, brings that uh, relationship process into a environment that's uh, very, you know, uh, in the government structure, there's, there's always a lot of people who, who you know, are struggle with, you know, jobs and things and, and just building those relationships. So bringing that volunteer ideas of, of love the work for what it is, um, be positive about it. Um, you know, I bring that into the world that I live day to day and it helps me 
um, you know, go through the challenging problems that you may have with uh, the world of Homeland Security. And, and especially right now, there's a, just a huge demand on the system associated with uh, the disaster recovery from all the hurricanes and the stress it's putting on the system in, in general. And so, um, you know, uh, dealing with that, dealing with those stresses day to day, look back to what we do in the project management and the volunteerism, and I, I kind of connect it together. So I get relief from it by, by seeing that in that process. So, so I value it from that perspective. So I see the bigger picture of how the volunteer side of this really makes my life better and my work job relationships better. And I think if, if people approach volunteering the way that they should, it's a passion and something that they believe in, then they get the opportunity to try things and do things that they would never have had the opportunity to try or do before. And we actually talked um, earlier today with a group, and we were talking about, um, you know, a mentor and friend of mine, John Maxwell, and, and his right-hand man, Mark Cole, about lending belief, right, that, that they could actually do something and then they get the repayment of the loan by actually accomplishing the task. Um, and so what we're going to do here is we're, we're going to take a break, but when we do come back, Lori, just to kind of tease coming into this, you're know, running the largest professional development day, it, it, period, right, is a huge undertaking. But, you know, start to think about peers that are a part of that and would they ever have an opportunity to run something like that if they weren't involved in PMI. And so th- those are the types of things I'd like to get into when we come back after the break. You're listening to the Work-Life Balance with the Are you frustrated with the overall productivity of your project management processes? Do you lack consistency in project delivery? R-Squared Consulting provides end-to-end services to assist companies of all sizes in realizing and improving the value of project management. Whether you want to build a project management office, train project managers, or learn how to bring the oversight and governance to your project processes, R-Squared has tailored best practices to help you in all areas of project management. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. Are you getting the most out of your project management software? In many cases, it is not the software that is failing, but the implementation, limitations, or processes surrounding the use of that software. R-Squared can analyze your current use and help improve your return on investment. R-Squared can also suggest the best software for your organization and goals and assist in the selection, implementation, and training. Allow R-Squared to ensure that you are getting the value of your investment. Visit rsquaredconsulting.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call into the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. And we're back on this Friday edition of the Work-Life Balance. We've been having a fantastic time visiting with our guests. Just upcoming appearances for R-Squared 
Uh, we are having our nonprofit leadership conference in uh, November 8th in Birmingham, Alabama. So if you're going to be joining us there, we'd love to have you. And then November 12th through the 15th, or really the 17th, actually, 12th through the 17th, we'll be in Las Vegas at CA World promoting the Agile Almanac book, as well as we've got speeches and, and all kinds of things that are going to be happening out there. So you're going to find the entire R-Squared crew uh, roaming around in Vegas uh, from the 12th through the 17th. So we look forward to seeing you out there. Come find us, and, and we'll, we'll catch up with you guys there. So coming back, Laurie, I'd asked uh, you a question or started to, to tease a question as we were going into break, though. But we talk about lending belief and repaying that with the, the fact that you've now done this. And thinking about your professional development day, you know, what are some of those jobs and things that maybe some of these volunteers had an opportunity not only to do and accomplish and exceed at, right, but they would have never had that opportunity unless they were part of PMI? Uh, the one that comes to mind right away is the speaker ambassador, where you get these uh, named famous keynote breakout session speakers, and they... Okay, so me. You're talking like Colin Powell and that kind of okay. <laughs> like just, Colin Powell me. kind yeah, of okay. people. Well, you're second. Um, and they're they're assigned a speaker ambassador who kind of helps them out, make sure they have all the logistics they need, and take care of them for the day for the event. That's not a normal project management day to day activity. Uh, a board member, somebody that becomes a director or a vice president on the board, now they're participating in defining a strategy, a go-forward strategy, and decomposing that down into tactical actions. It's, these, these become projects. These become prioritized. So the strategy part is not part of a normal project manager's day. They get the project way down the path. And in this world, and it's a safe world, because they get to help define and decide and prioritize, own, quote-unquote, own the future of the chapter. And that's such a treat, especially for those that are passionate about the profession and want to see where this effort goes and the successes it brings. And so, as you're saying, with 20 years uh, of, of the symposium, I had the, the great fortune of, of starting the very first one at our chapter in Birmingham. And so we're coming up on our 10-year, right? But people said that the symposium would never work with a chapter our size. And, you know, obviously we're not, you know, Kevin size or Lori size. But, you know, we had our own size, and we're not, we're not mad about it. But, uh, but still, they're saying, you know, couldn't be done. And now that we're going into our 10th anniversary... Right. I think that's an accomplishment. And a lot of the people who ran the original one are coming back to run the 10th anniversary one. And I think it's a special for them to know that, you know, with all the unsureties and everything that we didn't know was going to happen and, and nobody had ever done it before. Not only is it's not like we had this map to do a symposium. Right. We had never done it before and we were going to go do it. And not only that, I wanted a two day one right out of the gate. Um, and because, you know, go big or go home. And um, and, and so that's what we did. But it's incredible to watch those volunteers come to life and, and really be a part of it. And I, I love the word that you used, Lori, which was own, right? They own a piece of that they chapter, that, that chapter legacy. Yeah. So, Kevin, what about you? What, what are some of your favorite things that you, you've seen or been a part of watch volunteers really lead and grow just because they were a member of PMO? Right. Um, I think, uh, you know, I have uh, people who are very special in this process and, um, uh, one uh, specific individual who was came on to be a volunteer and and took over our reinitiation of our mentor protege program. Right, something that members have been wanting um, and uh, grew that you know really built it out, really grew it, and. Um, you know, I kept encouraging her to, you know, she had all the qualities of being, you know, a great business leader, uh, and she was hesitant. It took uh, really three uh, efforts, uh, discussions on my part to finally convince her to run and be vice president for the professional development, which in the chapter outside of our dues, uh, 
uh, income is the second largest income generator that we have. And, and it's, a, it's roughly about a third of our budget comes out of our professional development activities. And so when you think about it, she's running a, a small business now. Um, and that's just, you know, such an exciting thing to see uh, her step up and do that. And I always told her, you know, I still say it to this day, you know, I have total and complete, utter confidence in your ability to do this. Um, and even though you may not have that confidence, you have to trust me to know that you can do this. And so seeing people grow and their opportunities and learn and develop and be these leaders. And so individuals like her will be the future of the PMI WDC chapter. You know, I'm, I'm on my... I'm on my last legs, you know, I'm, you know, I'm nearing the end of my time there. And what I'm really concerned about is who are these people who are going to come in and step forward and be that next generation and actually do better jobs than I could ever do. Yeah, and Kevin, I appreciate that perspective. It, it, that leadership and growth for each one of those people, uh, not only is it, it important for them, but I, I want to keep coming back to this theme because this theme continues to emerge for itself in the sense that, we're getting opportunities to do things and try things in which our business would never allow us to do, or maybe our position or current rank would never allow us to do. However, once we have done that, now that growth in us is, is going to be exponential. And it's all because we had the heart to volunteer. And so, you know, I look back and it, it's funny because I think the three of us, you know, again, all being 23 years old, are in the twilight of our volunteer career at PMI. You know, I did two years or two stints as president, VP of programs. I was a LIMSI class member and advisor. You know, and after a while, you're just like, it's time for new blood. It's time for new ideas and that kind of stuff. You've been, Lori, you've been on the board 174 or 175 years. 174? 170. No, I'm just teasing. 15 years, but it feels like 174, and I get it. Um, it's all dog years, and that's the way it works. That's but, right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, the, the, but point being, again, let me, uh, I'm going to make it now personal to you in this question. Okay. Your all favorite right. memory being a volunteer now, we talked relationships, and we talked hybrid, and we talked, you know, it, it's great that we all can hug and we're a family, but what is what are some of your particular high points or moments that you would say, personally, you were really, really happy to be involved with as a volunteer leader? Um, when the I was brand new as president, I'd been on the board forever, and, you know, in other vice president roles, but I'm brand new president, and the work sessions that I had with my new board, I'm a new leader, we got together and the board put exceptional effort into gelling, is to becoming a team of family working together. And there was one afternoon where we're all working on our uh, strategy and Somebody had a, a, an idea, and one of the other board members said, I respectfully challenge that idea. It's like, oh, my gosh, that moment was the moment because we felt safe enough to challenge each other, question that idea, make ourselves think, and call each other out, but with love and respect. It was too cool. A great moment. It's a great moment. Kevin, did you want to share one? Oh, I, yeah, I think so. It's uh, very similar in that sense that uh, for me, um, this year to, to refocus the operations and reorganize the sense of, of, our, of that focus to really, um, you know, oftentimes in... in um, in nonprofits, the idea is do more, right? That's the, the mantra, do more. And um, it really uh, can be a downfall. And, and what we started, uh, Andy Walker and I, the CEO, really last year discussing this is it's not do more, it's do better. And so really focusing in on doing better, let's, let's really deal with the customer centricity and and getting ourselves organized around that thought process. So the, the the feeling is now seeing that come to fruition. In fact, showing up here 
at PMI Lim and seeing one of the three pillars of the new strategy is customer centricity and just having this this aha feeling and that our board members who come here already have that sense in them because we've been talking about it through the year and um, we're really thinking about not doing more but that doing better because that's where we build the quality relationships with our members and so um, it's that feeling of um, you're never sure, does this, are we doing the right thing? You know, can, am I going to make a huge mistake here? And then seeing the fruition of it being, yeah, this is right. It's, and, and there's justification in it and people are embracing it and, and feeling like, yes, this is a family direction we want to go. I think you bring up a great point there, and, and quite frankly, it's a great point for portfolio management, right? I think every company in America has the issue of too many projects, not enough people. And, and looking at portfolio management, resource management, is something that we believe in very, very highly here at Work-Life Balance. And, and But, you know, it's even harder to volunteer organization because not only do they want to do more, they want to do everything then you don't have the volunteers to do it. And at the same time, then they go away, right? But there's a constituency there. And I think you guys, again, at the size of chapters that you run, have this amazing ability to feel what it's like to run a large organization, to run a large company. Lots of constituents that, that you have an open board, that you've got you know, your shareholders and stakeholders that you're dealing with and that you've got to keep them happy and what that pressure is like on top of trying to run a budget, making sure that, as you said it, Kevin, you're doing things well. Not just more, but well, and making sure that we're being constituents of those dollars as well. So I think it's amazing perspective. So we're going to take our final break here, but right before we come back, I want to tease you guys with the question that we ask every single one of our guests, which is, what is the greatest advice you've ever been given? So you guys can ponder that on the break. You're listening to The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. Today, every business is in the software business. And business is booming. That's because we live in an application-driven world where the lines between physical and digital are blurrier every day. It's a world where billions of connected things talk to each other. Where agility is the new driver of competitive advantage. Where applications aren't just part of your brand. They are your brand. All of this means you have a new mandate. Build the apps that will drive the future of your business and satisfy demanding customers, or fall behind. Only CA Technologies has the years of expertise and the end-to-end portfolio of software solutions to help you plan, build, manage, secure, and scale the applications at the heart of your modern enterprise. To learn how your business can thrive, visit rewrite.ca.com, your exclusive source for insights from the cutting edge of the application economy. This is not a radio ad. It's a collection of computers, servers, transmitters, satellites, and receivers, all powered by the most transformative force in business today, software. Just think about how many applications you have within reach at this very moment. And not just on your phone. If you're in your car, software is powering the GPS that guides you. Turn left ahead. The digital road signs that direct you onward. And the engine computer that keeps you moving. Soon, software will even replace you as the driver. Switching to auto drive mode. This is life in the application economy. And the opportunities for businesses are endless. But only if you have the tools to seize them. From planning to development to management to security, end-to-end software solutions from CA Technologies can help your business succeed in this new application-driven world. Learn how at rewrite.ca.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to the Work-Life Balance. To reach Rick Morris or his guest today, we'd love to have you call in to the program at 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, Rick can be reached at rmorris at rsquaredconsulting.com. Now, back to the Work-Life Balance. 
And we're back at the Work-Life Balance. Uh, and we've been visiting with Kevin Aroni, who's the vice chair of Washington, D.C. chapter, and also Lori, who's the president of the Mile High chapter. And then I was just having the opportunity on the break to, to hold a plaque in my hands I don't think I'll ever get to hold, which is the uh, 2017 PMI Chapter of the Year Award Category 3 Large Chapter. I think, we just, I think we're 10,400 members short to, <laughs> to become <laughs> the size of your chapter. But... What a fantastic accomplishment. And again, congratulations to the Washington, D.C. chapter for that. Uh, and so coming, coming with that, Kevin, we want to come to you first and ask you the question that, that we ask all of our guests in the final segment of the show. What's some of the best advice or greatest advice you've ever been given? You know, that's, <laughs> that's a really hard question. Uh, you know, as a, you know, I, I probably got a lot of great advice because I probably wasn't all that smart during my life. So, you know, in that process, um, but I'm, I'm probably would always go back to, um, my hero, which was really my father. Uh, he was a World War II Korea veteran. And, um, I, what I learned from him, which I carry with me always is, um, that how you treat people. And, uh, he, you know, he learned the lessons through his life that uh, you get more accomplished by treating people with respect and uh, admiration in that process. And I really hope that uh, people that I connect with on the chapter, the volunteers and so forth, when they know me, they know that it's really from the heart. And I really have this this idea that he left with me that uh, it's really about the people around you and making sure they're taken care of. And uh, at the end of the day, they come first uh, in this process because they make it happen. Um, you're just in the position to lead. Thank you very much for sharing that. And, and we, a lot of us, John and I, have had the, these conversations really all week and all the time about the impact of my father on me, the impact of his father on him. Uh, and so sometimes that's where you garner some of the best advice. So, Lori, what about you? What's the best advice you've been given? Um, very similar from my father. It was uh, all about integrity. And, and one of the values, the strongest value, was is do not lie. Always tell the truth. And as I get older and older and older, still 25, it will always be truth. I tell the truth. I, I practice that. I don't know any different, and I'm a horrible, horrible liar. And so I'm, I'm going to piggyback that for just a second because okay. there's many times that professionally as a project manager, you've had an executive or you've had somebody who's tried to force you down a path that conflicts with that value. And so I teach about that from stage as well. But uh, talk, about, uh, talk about that very quickly. We're coming up to the end of the show. But what about when somebody in your professional world tries to make you conflict with that very value or that very advice? They're, they're messing with my values. You know, at the end of the day, I, I have to answer myself to my family. It, it, it's got to be my values. No job is worth forfeiting my values. And there it is. That's exactly the uh, the point, and that's what we have to tell everybody. So I always like the the sponsor that comes to you and said, no, this project's really not red. And when it gets red, it gets you know, inappropriate attention. So please turn it. No, no, no. If it's red, it's red. Change, then change the definition. Don't come asking me to change it. It, it is what it is. That's where we are. That's what we're going to do. But it's that, it's that drawing that line with integrity that I think really does separate the pack in project management of who really is supposed to be really good at what they do and some people that maybe not so well, not so well. So listen, um, really quickly, Lori, how do they find your chapter on the web? www.pmimilehi.org. PMIMileHi.org. And then Kevin? Uh, www.pmiwdc.org. Pretty straightforward. And for this organization that we've been talking about, if you're not familiar with PMI or the Project Management Institute, you can go to PMI.org, find out all about that. And, of course, there's going to be a chapter in really just about any state, city, or country that you're involved with. So if you're into project management, you want to learn about project management, you want to be a part of a fantastic volunteer organization, but also get the opportunity to try things that you've never, ever tried before, then PMI could be that opportunity for you. So that's PMI.org. But please also visit Kevin at uh, the PMI WDC chapter, Washington, D.C., and then Lori at PMIMileHigh.org. 
and for the rest of everybody else, we certainly loved having you involved with us here at another edition of the Work-Life Balance. Again, we're going to be in Vegas uh, the 12th through the 17th, so come find us out there in Las Vegas. Uh, and then, of course, if you're in Birmingham, Alabama, please join us November 8th for our nonprofit leadership conference that we're going to be having out there. It's a, it's a beginning to our Transform Birmingham initiative um, that we believe in that we're really trying to work for, uh, work towards um, in, in influencing the seven streams of influence. For everybody else, always hit me up at rmorris at rsquareconsulting.com. You can find me on Twitter at, at Rick A. Morris, or of course on LinkedIn as well as Rick A. Morris. And if you do not have a copy of the book, you do need to go find the Agile Almanac Volume 2, as that is at our book two. It is on Amazon. It was a number one bestseller within seven hours this past Saturday. But it is the dirty dozen that we've been talking about. There was 12 of us that got together and started to talk about Agile and hybrid project management and really how to scale Agile into the program portfolio and into the enterprise, uh, as well as which tools that you could use uh, to help supplement that, uh, that growth and that scaling. So you can find all of that uh, fantastic value in the Agile Almanac Book 2, uh, which is on Amazon right now. Um, or you can go to greatpmgr8pm.com and get your uh, copy there from, from John Stenbeck. He may even add a little personal note there if you told him we sent you. So we love you guys. We appreciate you listening to the show. We look forward to seeing you guys uh, next week. Uh, next week, uh, we will be doing a live show, so we're excited about that. And uh, it may just be me. We'll see how that works. But uh, I'm going to be talking about the leadership conference and talking about uh, uh, really just self-esteem in, in volunteering roles and leadership roles. So we hope that you will tune in next week for that one as well. And we look forward to you. Uh, we also have uh, Dr. Travis Ziegler coming up on the show as well. So we've got some fantastic guests, some new things coming. We love the fact that you guys continue to listen. Always hit us up on social media, and we'll talk to you next Friday right here on the Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris. You guys have a great Friday. Thank you for joining us this week. The Work-Life Balance with Rick Morris can be heard live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Now that the weekend is here, it's time to rethink your priorities and enjoy it. We'll see you on our next show. 